happen on the first try. Oh, what's funny is um, <laughs> yesterday we had on somebody that was talking about uh, the Matrix, and when Gary logged in, his screen was glitching and he couldn't oh. talk, but he could hear us as if he was in the Matrix. <laughs> nice, it's perfect, man. Perfect effects. Yeah, it's uh, never when I wanted to happen. <laughs> it's like, right, uh, wrong time, <laughs> but we roll with it. I'm good if you guys are. Yep. Yeah. Ready to rock and roll whenever you are, man. All right. Well, welcome everybody to the Tragedy Academy. Today we have Brandon Puffer and Jay, the host. He's letting me take the lead today. So this might be cool. Might be a disaster. We will see. But Brandon, thanks for joining us today. How you doing? Hey, Gary. Doing great. Jay, thank you guys for having me. I'm going to go with it's going to be great, man. Excellent. I agree. Everything's uh, working good. No matrix. Uh, I haven't been electrocuted yet. So we're doing good. These are all wins. Uh, We'll start off by where in the world are you? Um, you know, it's a little a little connection issue, which usually means you're somewhere cool. So uh, where are you at now? <laughs> Man, I don't know how cool it is, but I'm in Georgetown, Texas, just a little bit north of Austin. Sounds peaceful. That is cool. It is. Um, nice. I like this. I like the this older I get, the, it's, the it's more good. peaceful. Yeah. Uh, I was always like a big city guy. And then the older I've got, the more I'm like, eh, little woods might not be that bad. Uh, a little space in between neighbors might not be the worst thing. Agree. Uh, Absolutely. So, I'm in the same boat. Yeah, yeah. People are cool, but it's good to get away from them easily and for as long as I'd like. Well, we could jump right into it. I'm a huge yeah. baseball fan, have been my whole life, as you see the, the hat. And, uh, you know, if you want to, uh, you know, you've had a journey that you're very open to talking about. And a lot of people aren't very open to talking about the bad things in life, only the good or the, yeah. everyone has Instagram and everything. And they book, you know, perfect picture and the perfect life they want to project people. And you talk a little bit about your book coming out and, and some of the messages that you want to put out there. Yeah, absolutely, Gary. Now, for me, I mean, it's, you know, a lot of times people want to talk about just like you said, the positive, the, you know, I had a dream as a youngster to be a big leaguer and, and, you know, just as a blessing, man, was able to fulfill that dream. But at the end of the day, you know, I had a big crash off the field that kind of ended my career. And honestly, if I didn't talk about that as well, then we, then we wouldn't really get to what kind of shaped me who I am now. And it's just all part of my, my journey, my story. And so I, I had early on some folks talk about, you know, that's kind of an embarrassing thing for you to talk about. Maybe we just kind of bury that. And I said, man, I can't do that. That's, that's just as important as anything else I've done in my life in terms of where I am now. So yeah, to your point, man, I, I just, I think my story is one of, you know, certainly persistence and, and kind of fulfilling a dream and, and hard work and routine and those kind of things. But then at the end of the day, also just choices and consequences, as well as redemption. Like, where, where am I now after having that big fall? And that's where I like to encourage people of just like, hey, whatever decisions you've made or mistakes you've made, you're so much bigger than that and so much more than that. And even going back to baseball, I mean, for a long time, that was my identity, man. That was all I was is Brandon Puffer, the baseball player. And like, okay, well, who are you outside of that? Because you're going to find that out one day. And so I did. And um, that's where I, I come in and share my story of, again, just kind of made some poor choices, happy to go into any amount of detail of what I've been through, but then also just redemption of, okay, you messed up, you hit rock bottom. Where are you now? That, that's the big important thing for me. I like that uh, you brought up the identity thing. I've, uh, I've worked alongside the UFC for 19 years and I work with a ton of pro fighters yeah. and 
a lot of times they have that problem, you know, everything from a very young age is dedicated to one thing. Yeah. And, you know, with fighting and like any sport, one bad night, your career's over ACL or broken this or that, and you might not be planning for it at all. Boom, fuck, what am I now? Yeah. People have a lot of trouble dealing with that. So The military thing as well. There's a lot of soldiers that will um, identify with that. And then the day that they ETS or uh, they get out of the military or retire, they are shoved into a whole different reality. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. And I know, I mean, I, I've been around just a little bit, some guys in the fighting game, and I follow real closely with Jay Glazer's new podcast and kind of his initiatives on the, the depression and the anxiety and the mental health stuff that has always been a battle for me. So listening to the fighters, listening to the pro athletes, you know, um, which obviously the fighters are some of the best athletes in the world. It's exactly that, man. And it's not just, you know, I think people look at, okay, they saw you pitch, you know, that one night or they saw your fight. Um, man, everything leading up to that is what kind of defines you because literally from the time you wake up to the time you go to bed, it's, you know, how do I train to be better? What am I putting in my body? You know, just all consuming, man. And so it definitely becomes your identity. And, and Jay, to your point about the military, they, they've touched on that a lot too. You know, same thing, you know, now what is my purpose? I knew what my purpose was, but what is it now that mm. that's all gone? And so for me, I have found it in coaching. Fortunately, man, I, um, I, I, at the time when I had my fall from grace, and, and I think we just probably need to not dance around and get into it, man. In 2008, I ended up, you know, going out, like you said, just a one night thing, a one night choice turned into um, enough for me to go do some prison time. I, I went and spent three and a half years in the Texas Department of Criminal Justice because I made a mistake when I was blacked out. And I mean, I'm responsible for every bit of that. And so now it's like, okay, let's figure that out. Well, at that time, the Rangers were grooming me to be a, a, a coach in their system. And I was going to be a big league bullpen coach at some point was my goal. And I believe I, I could have attained that. And then now it's like, well, hey, we got to start all over and figure out, you know, maybe baseball's not even in the cards anymore. I don't know. And so when I had that three and a half years of kind of real self, you know, uh, reflection and plenty of time on my hands, to say the least, it was like, okay, where, where have I gone wrong? How did I end up here? Where do we need to shift some perspectives and focus here? And, and uh, what it came down to for me was what we just talked about, like getting outside myself, realizing it's not all about me. Um, you know, how can I kind of give back a little bit, serve others? And again, when I was focused on my career or training for it or whatever it was, it was pretty self-centered. And I think it has to be to some extent. I think some guys, you know, maybe do a better job of balancing that. I wasn't very good at it because I'm a real hyper-focused, all-in, black-and-white guy. Um, so I wasn't good about that, man. And so I, I did. I was like, okay, well, let's see moving forward, you know, what's in store for me, maybe how I can use that platform. And for me, it came down to coaching youth. And, um, I have a youth and high school nonprofit program here in Texas that I get to coach kids up, advocate for them, going to colleges. And I'm like, dude, I got so much more out of that than I ever did out of just me, 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 me. You know what I mean? So um, finding that has been really huge. And I, and I, I think you know, a lot of athletes and a lot of folks who have been in and that is going back and going, okay, what am I, who am I equipped to help? Well, okay, baseball's a thing for me and mental health and making poor choices and all those things. So I'm equipped to help those guys. And there's, there's, there's plenty of them, you know, in my little sphere here. And, and so that, that's what I found, man, is finding that identity and helping others based on what I've been through, good and bad, you know, yeah, guys get excited about talking about big league stories and stuff. And that's cool. 
I love that, man. I, I'm proud of that. I'm happy to share. Um, but then too, like, okay, that happened. But also, you know, I walked through some pretty hard things because of the choices I made. Let's see how we can help, you know, you avoid those same decisions. Yeah, I think um, very. you have to have a very singular focus to get to the level of, you know, any sport like that. You can't really have time for other people. I don't think it's become a major league baseball player or a professional fighter. I mean, it's 12, 14, 16 hours a day watching everything you eat, watching your sleep, missing birthdays, Christmas, you know, whatever the case may be. There's, you know, I don't know any fighters or any athletes that have done all that other stuff and still made it to the top. Like they, right. it has to be 90% of your time. So it's the only way to do it. And I think uh, you lose those other things. And even in, in my business and following these athletes, it's the same thing. They're out doing shit. I'm out doing shit. So it's, you know, it's hard to find that work-life balance. And, uh, you know, I think, I don't think we'll ever, as Americans, we're workers. We want to work. We want to outwork everybody. You know, that's our, our yeah. thing. Like, so I don't think it'll ever change. But I think that's a big thing people need to do is work on that balance and work on getting what they need for themselves, but also, like, not neglecting others. I don't yeah. know if it's going to ever happen. No, 100%, man. I agree, Gary. And it's just, uh, it does take that, unfortunately, right? And I think, I think also the mentality of once you get across those white lines in my case or in that octagon in their case, your mindset is there is no way that you can beat me. No chance. Um, I'm better than you. <laughs> I mean, you have to think this way, right? We're trying to think this way. And, and then the problem is, or for me, and again, some guys were better at balancing this, is when you get outside of those white lines or that octagon, that mentality doesn't just go away. You're like, man, I'm 10 foot tall. I'm bulletproof. I'm unbeatable. I'm going to succeed. You know, whatever. All these great positive self-talk mantras that we're pouring into ourselves. And then you get off the field or out of the octagon and you're in, you know, real life, quote unquote. And that mentality doesn't always fly. Like you've got you've to be, you know, in a place where you can look to serve others and your choices and your your things you do, your decisions you make don't just affect you, man. They affect your family and your loved ones. And unfortunately, I had to walk through all that. But it's like, I never thought of any of that. And, and you know what? Honestly, at some point, it's it's like, yeah, the career is going to end. We know that, right? I got to play 15 years. What a huge blessing, man. But it, it ended. And you're going to have your last fight. And, you you know, those things are going to happen. You're going you're gonna to retire from the military. Just It's just life. And then it's like, we don't set ourselves up to really look at and think about what's next. And the cool part is, once you tap into it, it's like, okay, we can use that mentality and all those things to help others, but we've got to be willing to get outside of ourselves and go, okay, man, this is no longer about me. This is about the people put, you know, that are putting my life for a reason and how, do, how am I going to help them based on what I've been through? That, that's what I've noticed. And for me, again, struggling with mental health every day is a battle. Um, it's like the days where I get up and look to help other people, or even I didn't even look for it, it just comes in my path and I, I get to encourage someone or something happens. I'm like, dude, that's when I'm feeling really good. It's the days when I'm like, me, 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 and how do I achieve? And what, That's when I'm like, uh-oh, I'm wound tight. <laughs> my mind starts acting crazy again. And uh, I, I do know now, you know, I'm, I'm 47 now. It took me forever to learn this, but like, I'm always just one choice or decision away from crashing. And I'm also always just like one choice or chance uh, meeting or whatever away from like oh, really having some cool things kick off. So uh, just kind of being mindful of that and, and looking at trying to position myself more in the things that are fulfilling to me. And again, I, I keep repeating this, but it's it's usually when I'm my eyes are on other people trying to help lift them up when I, I find myself 
being raised up as well. Yeah, I think uh, it's a that's an addiction to go after. You know, it's it is addicting, yeah. like in a way, helping people and seeing them succeed. And you know, it's uh, I think when people start to volunteer and start to do those types of things, it usually snowballs into a lot more. For sure, yeah, man, absolutely. And that's why I know I already alluded to the you know Jay Glazer's new initiative and podcast and all that. But it's like it's so cool, man, because to see folks that are tough and big and strong and have done some elite things going, look, man, I'm messed up. <laughs> it's like so refreshing because I'm like, ah, me too, man. Finally, someone's talking about that. I, me too. And, and I know when I was in my junk and making those decisions, that was my biggest, um, probably my biggest enemy was not wanting anybody else to know that I was messed up. I was a leader on a lot of my teams, man. I was a, at the time when this incident happened in 2008, I spoke of, I was literally like the Crash Davis from Bull Durham who had been to the big leagues went back to double A as this early 30s old fart, like just being a good role model, these young prospects that were there. And so here I am struggling off the field though. And I'm like, I, I can't let these guys know this. I'm in a role for a reason that they look up to and I got to act like I, I have it all going on. And I didn't. So instead of getting help or being open and honest and going, hey guys, I'm, I'm probably headed for a crash here. It was like, no, I got, I'm good. I'm good. You know, you guys just look up to me. I'll take all that on. I'm your leader, whatever. And it was like, no, Oh, man, at the end of the day, now I just always encourage people to go look, get around people that are going to be honest with how they're feeling, and and I, and I try to be one of them. Like, man, I, I might have some good stuff going on right now, but again, like I said, I'm always just one bad day away from you know poor choices and you know still thinking crappy thoughts or whatever the case may be. Everyone thinks of me as super positive and encouraging and shoot my Twitter's coach puff positive. And I'm like, many times I don't want to be positive and I don't want to be encouraging, but that's why I lean into all that. Cause I know how important it is and how much I need it. But then being able to admit like, yeah, if you think I'm perfect and got it going on, then you're sadly mistaken, man. I, I try to be real forthright about that. I tell you, the way that you explained that um, getting outside of yourself or, you know, what it's like for people to think that you're one person, but they don't see you crying or struggling inside. Um, I usually use an analogy. It's like an old Western set. Everybody has this facade in the front that looks beautiful, that has all these things in front of it. They check the blocks. They put all these things there for everybody to see. But behind it is just two two by fours and it's empty and the people are on the ground crying. Mm. And nobody knows that everyone's behind each one of those crying when all they have to do is take those down and they get to see that everyone is in the same situation and that we're actually just acting out this way to protect ourselves from judgment. That's it. Yeah. Simple as that. Man, that's good, Jay. That's huge. I never really thought about it quite like that. And and even just hearing you say that is, again, just a reminder, like, dude, if you're feeling this way, you're not alone. This is the vast majority of us, right? To different levels, but yeah, don't, it's okay, man. We're messed up. And like faith is really important to me, right? And, and, um, you know, I'm, I'm a leader in FCA and some faith aspects and, and guys will go, well, part of the thing that just, you know, it's just everyone's so hypocritical. And I'm like, dude, yeah, me first. Like if you're looking at me to be perfect in my faith, like if you're going to, sorry, dude, because we're people and we're going to let you down, man. But without my faith, you should see what a mess I am. <laughs> like, like without it. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, just knowing like, hey, man, if we're if we're counting on people to 
set that standard, and we should, man, by all means, I, I should try to walk that out and be a good example of that. And, and but at the end of the day, it's like, man, I'm gonna let you down, dude. If you're if you're looking at me to be your 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 source of always, you know, living that out and being perfect, then I'm sorry, man, I'm gonna let you down. Don't don't look to me. Look to your look to your relationship and, and how you can be a better version of you. Especially military sports, you know, guy stuff. Mochismo shit that we all have, you know, as a young kid, you know, growing up in any of those environments, it's like, don't cry, fucking lift yourself up, yeah. you know, bite down on your mouthpiece, walk forward, you don't, don't let them see it, you know, and then people around that never like talk about that shit. So everybody thinks that everybody, like, they're the only one. Yeah. And uh, I think just holding that shit in, you got to let the air out a little bit every now and then or the shit's going to pop. And uh, yeah. I think everybody like holds that in and then you add a little drugs or alcohol or, you know, anything like that, that lets it all out at once. And then that's when shit happens. Yeah. You know, I've, I've seen it a lot and been through it myself. It's the face behind the mask. Yeah. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And that was... Man, I had five years of sobriety prior to my crash and fall, and I was sober, but I was I, I was just white knuckling it. I was like, because I know I make bad decisions. I, I was just an all I'm an all in guy. Like when I start, I don't stop. Frank the Tank's coming out like every time, and um, I was Same. like, man, this can't, this is not good for me. So, and I'd seen it through my dad and family. Five years so now I'm. This time around, I'm 14 years sober, and it's the same thing, man. Congratulations. Like, that's huge. Thank you, brother. I appreciate that, man. And it's like, but to your point, Gary, it's like all those things, you know, it's like, yeah, well, he just got drunk and blacked out. Man, stupid. Yeah, I did. But all of a sudden, you know, that just numbs everything up. And then the kind of the real you comes out, honestly. Um you know, it's like, yeah, I probably don't make a decision like that without being overserved. But at the end of the day, what led to that to go, hey, now that I'm in this state of mind, I'm going to go act out like that. It's all the, the things, the, the true thoughts that were going on and the true pain and the trying to mask and cover up all that stuff, which is why it's so important for me to go, yeah, you know, this happened. I drank too much. Now I'm sober. I probably won't make a decision like that. But it doesn't negate the fact that what was going on in my mind prior to that, that when I did get overserved, you know, I'm acting in such a way. So I think you're so right, Gary, that that's when it comes out. That's when kind of the real you comes out. Like, hey, you know, you can kind of mask this and fake the funk and act one way, but let you kind of get that truth serum in you. And now it's like, oh, dude, look at this guy. He's uh, he's, he's got a little bit more going on. He's fighting more demons than we thought. You know, I'd like to uh, piggyback on that yeah. behind the mask, the person that comes out, that demon, the one that uh, speaks the so on, you know, the so-called truth. And I think that it's kind of misunderstood because a lot of people think that the most nefarious intentions come out and that's what the true personality is. Mm -hmm. And that's not the case. Yeah. It is a compilation of experiences over time that create a person or a human that has been bottling so much trauma, whether it's self-inflicted, outside-inflicted, whatever it is. These are all reactions to trauma in a moment where they have no longer the ability to put that cap on their pain because wow. alcohol is a depressant. It releases all those demons, everything that's happened to you in the worst possible ways. It's yeah. an explosion. It's not an intent. Yeah. Wow. No, that, that's, an, that's an awesome perspective, man. And I actually tried to explain this to a few people one time where I was like, literally when I was in that state, I felt like it wasn't even me. Like I could look in a mirror and be like, dude, that's not even you. 
Like that's like my eyes, everything about it, just a weird, hard to explain thing that when I got in that state, that's right. And then to your point though, Jay, um, man, so, so what happened with me is when I got in that state and there's kind of a long build up to it, but I'll just, I'll just kind of get to it. We were partying, we were going out, we were having a good time. Um, I couldn't shut my motor off, man. I just, it was like three in the morning. I was at some buddy's house cause they're like, you can't drive, come crash here. And I kept going, man, I've got a friend that lives in here. She's always having parties. I'm gonna go see what's going on. They're like, just go to bed, dude. No one's having a party. You know, and like something in my mind, this is what I had to figure out after the fact, like what in my mind just wouldn't shut it down and what thought this was okay. Right. And so I went and knocked on this, this lady's door. I'd met her one time and she didn't answer. She's asleep three in the morning. I opened the door. It's unlocked. Crap. Stupid. And, you know, my, my attorney's like, why wasn't the door locked? I'm like, I don't know. That's not anyone's fault, but mine for going in there. And I go in there. So boom, burglary of habitation immediately. I'm not invited in. I walk in three in the morning. And even as I say it, it's just like, God, what a, what a bonehead. Worse than that, I try to get in bed with her and wake her up thinking, hey, she's probably going to want to hook up with me when I show up at three in the morning. Now, what in the world? Where does that come from? And to your point, Jay, it's like, okay, a couple things. One, I was sexually abused a couple times as, as a child by, by babysitters. And like, that's the stuff you just stuff. You're like, dude, what, whatever. That doesn't affect it. It doesn't matter. And then, but those things, like, as I thought back and kind of, you know, peeled some layers back, I'm like, what would make me think that was okay? Even in that state, right? Like, and then on top of that, because of, you know, some traumas or whatever, and, and being a professional athlete and kind of walking in a way where we felt like, you know, the, the road life was, was a big part of that was, you know, having fun and chasing girls and doing all these things that we thought were what men do and athletes do. And there, there are, you know, certain things available to you when you're, when you're in that position that something in my mind was going, yeah, of course, this is going to be fine. Of course, someone's going to be okay with me coming in there. Like, so it's just kind of like, like to your point, just all these ways of living and and looking at things and, and kind of in this almost like a fantasy world when you're playing a pro sport and traveling around all the time. And, and it's like, it all kind of came to a head with this one decision of, yeah, this, this, this seems like a good idea. You know, and looking at it now, you're like, what is, and I'm surprised the amount of people have been like, and I've kind of been in a similar situation than that. Fortunately, it just didn't go down as bad as yours. And I didn't get in that much trouble and all that, but just drunk and thinking, Hey, this be, yeah, they'll be, they'll be cool with this. Not, so I look at burglary habitation, intent to commit sexual assault, and I think, man, someone beat down the door and tried to hold some. It's like, ah, dude, it was just unlocked door. As soon as I knew that it wasn't the right place to be, I ran out. But at the end of the day, you're in there. We don't know your intent. And the, the worst part for me was disrupting peace of, of that. You know what I mean? Like that lady. The one thing I remember is her being frightened. And then I ran out. And by frightened, I mean, she screamed. And that's the part that's still this day. I'm like, ah, dude, just, you know, I'm a guy who likes to like, you know, help people, be good to people, encourage people. And I just, you know, ruin the safety of a, of a young lady, you know, at that time, maybe 26, 27 years old, who was just simply, you know, went to bed. I've got daughters, man. I've got, I've got a wife. It's like, ah, that part really bothers me. So I got what I deserved, man. I did my time. I, I try to make better for it. Um, but at the end of the day, what led up to that decision was so much deeper than to your point, just ah, one drunk night and I just acted out. It was like, nah, man, it goes way, way back. So just being co uh, cognizant of that. And then how do we treat that moving forward? Um, yeah, I don't plan on ever putting a drink in my mouth again. But at the end of the day, um, not just saying, hey, I'm sober, but dealing with those things that go into 
to what would, would cause an individual to make a decision like that. I can see a time in which something like that may have happened, you know, drunk, had, you know, know somebody, doors unlocked, you know, not bad intentions, but I, I, that could have definitely happened in my college days when I was, yeah. you know, getting wasted all the time. Especially when you believe that everybody, you've risen to such a level that you would almost think that no matter what, why wouldn't they want me? I'm me. Everybody wants me. I'm giving me to them. Yeah. And then, right. you know, it's almost like you're giving somebody a favor or an opportunity to have some of prideful ego, all the things that come with the accolades for being an athlete or somebody elite. It's almost like you set up people for failure in those situations to fall from grace in one way or another. No, I, I agree, Jade. And the onus is on us as the, the athletes at, to, to be aware of, you know, self-help and, and figuring out where things are going wrong. Because mm. you're right. And it goes back to that mentality of when you step in the octagon or, you know, in my case, in between the lines of like, to your point, like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm better than you. And then not. I teach guys now because you still need that confidence level. You do. You need to go out there and believe you're going to beat everybody you go up against. But like a difference in confidence and your ability to go, you know, handle your business and your sport or whatever it is. And then looking at yourself as someone who's, you know, something special. You know, it's just to your point, I just maybe even thinking about it. I was like, man, you're right. That was my mentality. And what a, what a lame way to think that you're better than anybody or you're, you know, something special. I mean, we're all special. You know what I mean? I'm not taking away from like being special, but it's like, man, yes, having a humility enough to, to go, okay, I, I, I'm excelling in a sport. I'm doing well. People are kind of offering up things, but you know, wh where am I, where's my foundation? You know, where is, where are my values? Where are those things? And I came up, you know, in a good household, man, where there were values and things of that nature. I just needed to remember them and lean into them rather than getting on this high horse of like just riding this wave of pro ball and what makes a man is partying and chasing women and fighting and all these things. It's like, mm, nah, man. So just trying to, you know, trying to teach others that come in my sphere now in our youth program of, you know, yeah, you can still be a man and be confident and kick ass in your sport and not feel like you're better than folks and you can get away with anything and you're bulletproof because you're not. And <laughs> there's really two types of people. There's there's humble and those who are about to be humbled. And so uh, it's coming one way or another. So let's stay <laughs> humble so the game or life doesn't have to do it to us. I like that. It's, it's very true. Yeah. Some Something will humble everybody eventually. Absolutely. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You know, but I've seen it with a lot of athletes, you know, people constantly telling them how great they are and putting them on a pedestal. And, and a lot of times they're young and they haven't had much life experience besides a sport yeah. at, you know, lower level, mid-level, high level. And it's just sport. And like, then they, they're achieving these things and money and girls and cars and all this shit that people, you know, think that they want. Yeah. All of a sudden it's in abundance and you know especially major league sports it's no one's going to tell you no most of the time right. and then it's just whether you want to be like that or not you just get used to it you know i'm sure um, i have a lot of friends that are, are athletes that are the best people but you know you see them getting success 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 and then it's subconsciously even they start expecting things and there's always like one incident or something that'll knock them back down and they'll be like Fuck, you know yeah and unfortunately that that sounds excessive to all that prison time um too 
too, though. I mean, I think like that's that's a little rough how, how long they put people in in jail and prison in this country for making mistakes. Where you know, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I don't I don't know obviously all the details you know to talk on it, but that seems like a yeah. lot of time. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, honestly, Gary, it, it is. And I had people, including like people in the legal system and friends of mine that are you know I've got judge friend you know whatever just being like oh that you've never been in trouble you shouldn't have got that da 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 da. And at the end of the day, man, I was just like, you know what? It took what it took for me. And, and your point just a second ago of, you know, life knocking you down a little bit. It's not like the first time I'd ever had a wake up call of, hey, man, you probably need to slow it down a little bit. You know, um, you know, I, I've had I had several times, you know, in high school, I was suspended from baseball for a year for drinking at a dance. Right. It's like seems harm. Like, OK, you're in high school. You made a stupid choice, whatever. But for a kid who wants to be a professional baseball player, losing your junior year of baseball because of a stupid decision at a dance should have been a wake-up call. Like, hey, dude, if this is what you really want, then you need to start making decisions off the field that line up with what you're saying you really want. And then there was more. I mean, there was a little Hell thing. of a warning sign. Yeah, that's what I mean, a little warning sign. Yeah. And that's what I was going to say to Gary's point. Like, you you know, folks, and that's what I say to my, my, my youth kids now, it's like, pay attention to those little warning signs. And then it doesn't have to be what it was for me. Like, eventually, the pain's going to have to be enough where you're going to listen. And for me, that was that. Like, I always reference the story of uh, Jonah in the Bible. I'm like, apparently, you know, he was a knucklehead. He needed three days in the belly of a fish or a whale. I'm like, I was like, dude, you're, you're, you need three and a half years. You're a bigger knucklehead. Three days I'm gonna cut it for you so um it took what it took for me man and, and I and I, I didn't allow myself to get into the mindset of woe is me I shouldn't be in here I don't belong here and it was like okay once it happened I got my sentence it was like all right here we go I'll surrender whatever we need to do and I was able to walk it out in there with a good attitude and hopefully encourage you know other folks I made some relationships in there that I would have never made or even cared to make when I was in my you know kind of self worried about my career. Not, you know, I, I, it gave me a heart for people. And I'll tell you, man, I met some some men in there. I, honestly, before that happened to me, I just thought, yeah, pr- prison, whatever. It's just bad people. They, they, they belong there. And then I was able to walk it out. And it's going on right now. I always think about this when I talk about this. Like right now, there's some really good men and women sitting in there that are good people that just made a bad choice and they have good families and intelligent, talented, gifted, and a lot of them aren't getting out, man. They don't have an opportunity to get out and make make it better. So um, it did. It gave me a perspective I would have never had. Um, you know, in the book, I talk about a few different instances of being, you know, in a cell on lockdown for 23 hours, 10 days with like a triple murderer who was serving three life sentences, who was about to commit suicide the night before I came in. And uh, just by talking and, and reading a little bit of my word and sharing here and there, encouraged him and he, he shared that with me and I was like wow right before we we uh we left to you know we were separate going our separate ways after the nine days I, w- I was being moved in transit he said hey man he goes I just want to tell you that the night before you came in here I was hanging my bed sheets up because I was hopeless and you know I, I got some hope and I was like ooh, where would I ever get an opportunity like that to to, to ha- you know have a relationship with that or encourage somebody that's you know on death basically death row and it was just like you know little things that's just one example but um there were several of where I was encouraged from from men in there and their attitudes and and how they kind of handled doing their time. So it, anywhere you go, you can choose who you want to get around. You know, there's plenty of ways to get in there and, and go another direction for sure. But it was like, no, nah, I'm going to seek out and look for the ones who are trying to make themselves better. When am I ever going to have this much time? 
to, to read, to go to classes, to better myself. And so that's what I took it as, man. It was just like a, a, a three and a half year time out where I need to improve myself for what's coming next. And, and, and unfortunately, I was able to do that. That's right. That's a rough go of it, you know, but finding the positives and coming out better, uh, it's not common, I don't think, in the American criminal justice system. Like reform's yeah. not really normally their goal. It's, re, you know, repeat business. So mm. it, it is good that you recognize that. Yeah, especially for now for profit. Yeah. Now you have to be very, very intentional to reform. It, it's definitely set up to go the other direction. Um, and I was told that before I ever went down there, like, you're going to have to do this and you're going to have to join this. And, you're gonna, and I'm like, no, nah, I'm not doing any of that. Um, none of that's going to happen. And, and it's just like a known fact. Like once you go there, it's you're getting thrown to the wolves and you kind of have to act a certain way. And, and, you know, it was cool. I mean, I think fortunately just being a bigger dude helped. I think to kind of pick on weaker guys, but more than anything, just being respectful and um, just kind of putting your head down and, and doing your time was, was the thing. And people ask me all the time, like, so did you have to do this? Did you have to join the gang? Yada, yada, yada. And I'm like, no, you know, no, I didn't. Fortunately, um, it, it was just, I went about it a different way and just tried to respect everybody. And again, put my head down quietly and just tried to improve myself. And, you know, I just say, Hey man, I'm just trying to get home to my kids. That's it. That's all I'm doing. <laughs> you know, if a, if something came up, an opportunity to do something stupid, it's like, no, nah, that could cost me more time. I'm not doing it. So um, that was it. But you're, you're right, Gary. And I know, Jay, you nodded to this too. It's not set up to reform you one bit. So I always tell guys, if unfortunately they have to go in there, no. it's like, hey, man, you're going to have to be super intentional every single day about not getting caught up in the politics. Self-reflection, chief. Yes. Yes. 100%, man. Gary, do you need to uh, Do you need to drop? You yeah, said you had a hard stop. Yeah, I do. I got a president uh, of the United States of the UFC calling me. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah. You Go ahead. Hey, tell him I said what's up, man. Yeah, I will for sure. Um, <laughs> if you ever want to come out for a fight, let me know. Uh, I do. in Vegas. Uh, we're in Texas a lot. Too. I think we might have Austin coming up. So, um, sorry, I'm gonna I got to cut it uh, short. But you get both your numbers at the end. And my son is a diehard dude, like diehard. So anyway, yes, I'll take you up on bringing my boy out one time. Yeah, yeah, hit, hit me up either way. And uh, you know, I got a bunch of merch and shit all the time. Or if he's awesome. got a favorite fighter, I probably know him. You know, so I, these guys are always like really cool about reaching out to kids and stuff like that. So oh, yeah, man. Um, yeah, but, awesome. Yeah, we'll be in touch. Kelvin for Gastelum sure. uh, spoke to my nephew uh, a little while back. It was super exciting for him. That's awesome. They're really cool. They're there's a dude at my gym I see every day. Had no idea who he was. And I actually was telling the owner, I'm like, that dude is jacked. Like, that dude's cut. He's like, you know who that is? I go, no. He's like, uh, and I, I think I already forgot the first name. I think it's Sage Northcut. Northcut? Oh, yeah. 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 He looks like a, he looks like a G.I. Joe. Yeah, exactly. Like action, action figure. figure. Dude, every morning yeah. I'm seeing this dude. And then he tells me that. And I'm like, no way. That's legit. Yeah, dude is ripped. And then I, got, I went back to, sorry, I know you got to go, Gary. I went back to, man, that just looks like a guy that back in my knucklehead days at the bar, if he, if like he popped off, I'd pop off to him and I would just be dead. Like, you know, what's going on here? You don't know. If you had not a good reason to be checked, trouble, like right? some of the guys that, are, yeah, mm -hmm. I see it all the time. It's always the guy, it, like some of the guys look like regular guys, like they yeah. don't even look like him. They're not really super muscular or anything. And the, usually the jujitsu guys will twist you up and yeah. make you cry in the middle of the bar. Yeah. Yeah. 
it's that, a, dude, at least the equalizer. Look out for the ears. That's what I'm saying. I was just going to say. Ears. I said, at least if they got the cauliflower ear, I know better. I'm like, dude, I don't care if you're five foot yep. two, hundred pounds. I see the ear, I'm out. You got it. <laughs> yeah, I, I checked the ear first. <laughs> me too, bro. Oh, me shit. too. Nope, nope, not doing that. But uh, all right, uh, it was great meeting you. I'll talk to you, you soon. Too, Gary. Uh, thanks, thanks brother. Jay. Have a great one. We'll see you guys. All, all right. right, you too. All right, Gary. Catch up later. All right. Well, um, it's you and me. So here comes all the right. real question. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So um yeah, that's Gary has such a really cool life. He does a lot of uh, a lot of really cool things and awesome. is super humble about it. I love that. Uh, yeah. Never hear him really talking about it with people unless you know it comes up in conversation. Yeah. Otherwise, um, you'd never know. That's um, really cool. I want to, I want to take a chance to ask a question. Yes. About mental health yes. and the ability to give back. Mm. Um, I've had my own mental health struggles. Yeah. Um, very open about it. That's part of the foundation of the show. Awesome. Um, and to your point in prison, self-reflection is pretty much the only direction that is going to give you some kind of stability to work from when you come out in yeah. um, bettering yourself. How important was it for you to fix your mental health before you could give back? Man, that's a really good question. And I think the honest answer is, I don't think we can fix it, man. Um, I just don't. I, it's such a battle struggle every day. Now, now address it. Um, be honest about it. Uh, be open about it. It was very important. You know, again, no longer stuffing it and going, oh, just what because I've always known this, man. And, and, and I think part of it is I really do. And I, I'm not, I don't know the science. So if anyone can refute this, man, bring it. But I, I think it's a wiring part of it. I'm like, there, there's a different wiring, man. And, and, and it just doesn't go. And people don't understand. I'm like, so what? I'm like, I don't know how to explain it. It's just, I feel like I go 12 rounds with Tyson every day in my head, or I run a marathon every day in my head. And that's what it feels like every single day. And they're like, really? I go, yeah. So fix it man i wish i knew how um but address it be mm. honest about it open and going hey guys i'm struggling all the time every day and again i, I know I, I keep going back to this but guys like glazer and the guys he's having on and people being more honest about it has, has helped me encouraged me and allowed me to go yeah me too and then go to my, the folks who look up to me as a leader and go hey guys uh, uh, yeah this is a really real thing for me and by the way i'm pretty sure a large percentage of you guys at some level are struggling with it and i'm not Everyone's going to understand the, the level of literally wake up and the fight begins until you go to bed. That's tough, man. And, and I think you may know that. And I know other guys who share know that. But, but yeah, I mean, addressing it, getting good habits in place. Because now when, I, when I'm honest about it, people are going to ask the next question. Well, what do you do? And it's like, well, for me, it's... You know, from the time I wake up, instead of getting right into the day and all the struggles and the fun, it's like, you know, prayer, meditation, uh, reading, listening to podcasts, um, self-help, physical exercise is number one for me, man. I start my day with a workout. Same. It's huge. And I, I listened to Michael Phelps yesterday on Glazer's thing, and he said, that's number one. I got to get that workout in right away. Same thing for me, right? And then um, being being intentional about it all, all, you know, throughout the day. And then the one I left out, and I know this is this is huge for your podcast, is laughter, bro. Like I will, if I'm struggling, I'll turn on ridiculousness <laughs> and and. 
binge it or I'll turn on a funny movie or Sebastian Maniscalco stand up and just binge it. And I start laughing, I'm good. It's good for the soul. Yes, it is. We're made to laugh. Yeah. It is the most infectious thing. Absolutely. You could be doing some, one of the most heinous things in the world and if somebody breaks out into a laugh that they can't control, you're going to do it as well. Yeah. It's going to happen. There's no way to avoid yes. it. And that's what makes us so, such an amazing being yeah. is that we're containing, we're actually trying to contain what naturally exists. Laughter and love is what's actually there. We're simply putting it in a container and not allowing it to be shared with others for fear of that judgment, right? And I always come back to that term, uh, my cup runneth over, yeah. right? And I refer to that in mental health as a way to, because someone brought it up to me a while back, um, that I can't give back to anybody until my cup is full. And that's with the love for myself. Yeah. During my journey... I feel like it required me to hit the ground, stand back up, and actually get the chance to be what I was originally intended to be. Wow. What was a representation of whatever or whomever made it. Sure. And then in that moment, I got to shed a lot of those self-loathing things that are attached to the decisions that I've made in life, okay. not reconciling them with the world, but with myself okay. and giving myself a chance to be a vessel or a beacon to show other people that it's always now. There's a reason why I say that all the time, because you've never been to tomorrow and you've never been to yesterday. Yeah. It is always now. Yeah. We use those words, but you've never been somewhere and said, hey, it's yesterday because it's not. Yeah. And I'm not a religious man, yeah. Yeah. right? But I am of the mindset that all religions are fairly close to the correct understanding of our reality. And for me, one of the ways that I've reconciled this is with the forgiveness of sins piece, yeah. right? And the reason why I think that's something that's so important to pay attention to is because it's always now. Yeah. Meaning you can always be a different human. Yes. From any given moment, the fraction of a second, you can be Jekyll or Hyde. Yeah. And I think one of the reasons the imprisonment of so many people happen is because we need to put as much as we can in there for when we make the choice that they did. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. it's good. We share all the same thoughts. Yeah. You can't judge somebody unless you've thought it yourself. Right, right. That's huge, man. No, that's a great perspective. Give no benchmark. That's a great perspective, man. And I agree. And I, I mean, you know, I just don't feel like regardless of, you know, your faith or your views or whatever, it's like, if I woke up today, I get that next breath, there's something I'm supposed to be doing productive, man. I just need to figure it out. Like, I, I'm here for a reason. Again, regardless, so respectful of everyone's viewpoint, faith, whatever, it's just like... There's a reason, man. Like, I'm not just here to go through the motions today. And I love religion. Yeah. I think that it's a moral compass when it's used correctly sure. and when it yeah. follows the tenets of its original intent. Yes. I love yes. that. Yes. You know, take yeah. it down to the core values, strip it of the ignorance yeah. and, yeah. you know, the things that have been changed over time and just say, look. It says, be cool and treat each other with kindness. Yeah, yeah. Pretty 
fucking simple. <laughs> like the whole do unto others thing. It's simply this. I've kind of recognized at some point that when you walk up to people with a smile every time you see them or you always give them a high five or you've always been that person when they meet yeah. you, every time they come back, they're happy to see yeah. you. Yeah, for sure. And you know why? Because you treated them how you want to be treated when you greet someone. Absolutely. Every time you show somebody love, they're not going to push it away unless they have their own demon that's preventing them. Yeah, no, absolutely, man. A simple smile, encouraging word, a message. It's like, dude, you could flip someone's day upside down, man. In the extreme. I do it every day. Yeah, the extreme was the story I shared about Bone uh, being in the prison cell with him. Like, I had no idea what he was going through, man. No idea. And I mean, in the beginning, for sure, not, not any idea that he's, you know, he was hopeless. And why would I not in my life? I'm going to be in here forever. And it, it wasn't like, hey, I'm going to come in and save this dude. And I'm going to, it was just like, just be cool. Just treat people like regardless, man. Like treat them, treat them nice. Have some humor, have some fun. Like, like let's embrace this dude for what he is. And at the end of the day, I got this little visual of, and I don't think we always know or, or get the, the results of you affected somebody positively. But every now and then when you get it and they tell you, it's like, cool, I need to keep doing this because I don't know who I'm approaching every day or what they're going through. It's great to get that feedback it is. down the road um, because we don't tell each other enough how we help each other. We tell each other what pain we inflict upon each yeah. other or what limitation we've given each other or some way that we've taken away our ability to shine. Yeah. But we don't tell people, thank you for listening to me. Yeah. Thank you for lifting me up. Yeah. Thank you for being the person to give me that pivotal moment. Right, right. right. Gary has one of the coolest philosophies and I fucking love it. And I, I, I will use it for the rest of my life. And it's hype your friends. Nice. We have no excuse, but not to tell everyone around us that their limitations are limitless. Heck yeah. There's nothing you can't do right. because once you hit that ground, you're growing uninhibited. Yeah. Especially for those people that have crashed. Yeah. Look, you got a reset button. <laughs> your reset button is yours and yours alone. But with it comes the ability to not take somebody else's judgment as your own. That's huge, brother. Don't make that your reality. When you don't let somebody else's judgment be your reality. That's huge, Jay. I, I love that, man. You just you just spurred something in me, so I'm going to piggyback it. And you said re Please. reset button, right? So, okay, we talked about it, man. Pitching the big leagues, got a World Series ring with the Red Sox. I don't even have it anymore, and I'll, I'm happy to go into that. I mean, all these things that were like, dude, that doesn't need to be discussed. Okay. But anyway, I'm just telling you like, okay, this and that and, and no peace, no joy. It's like, man, all this isn't it, I guess? Like, what? what is it? And then when I got released in from prison in 2012, I believe, I walked out with this thing. I don't know how well you can see it, but it's a, it's like an onion. Sack. It looks like an onion bag. That's exactly. Onion potato sack. I walked out. That's old school, oh, old too. School, brother. Not even a good one. That's, that's all I walked out with. <laughs> I had that, my Bible, and some hygiene and started over from scratch. I kid you not, man. Like everything I had went to legal fees or what I was, my responsibilities while I was gone all that time. And I walked out and I was just like, you know what? Start over. And um, dude, I think some of the keys works. So I like to share this were humility. Like I started out with a very humble job. I was a maintenance guy at a stadium where I, for I formerly pitched and guys were like, dude, you used to pitch out there. I'm like pressure washing, painting, staining, having fun. 
I'm like, dude, I just got a new... Jesus Christ, it sounds like a movie. I'm sorry. This sounds like the beginning of a movie or like, you know, a movie yeah. set right oh, now. Very, the, you know, very the, true. The picture, you know. And, yeah. Wow. That was it, man. And I was like, dude, I'm doing it. And whatever you, you give me to do, I'm going to do it with a smile and, and, and go over, you know, hardworking. And slowly but surely, things started raising up for me. And that they made me a baseball outreach coordinator. So now I'm dealing with the youth. And, and in my position, it's like, dude, I don't know if any, you know, the, the, the mind plays tricks on you. And it's like, well, who's going to want to work with you after what you've been through and yada, yada. And it's like, no, no, shut that voice up, man. I got a new lease on life. And now it's like a couple pitching lessons, a team or two. And now I've got an organization with 30 teams, 300 families all these coaches and I'm like dude I couldn't I, I was just I didn't envision that that's just walking it out being humble um, I always have to be reminded I still have bad days and do stupid stuff and it's like dude you didn't do all this like what are you doing man just keep just keep loving on people keep smiling you know it's like but I mean that's the biggest part man and why I share my story of the stupid decision, how embarrassing that is to share, being in prison, you know, going through all that stuff. I share it so I can tell people now, I didn't know this right when I got out, but I just looking back 10 years, I think it's been, it's like, guys, it doesn't matter what you've been through. You can start over. Like you just said, Jay, you can start over right now, make better choices, turn yourself around with help. You know, it's not all on you. There's people out here sharing with you what they've been through and how you can do it. And so, that's it. Just the redemption part of it. Fortunately, now is the coolest part of the story for me. It took some time to get there, but being restored to all my, to my kiddos, to baseball, which I didn't even know. I'm like, well, I probably won't be a part of baseball anymore because I'm a convicted felon. No one's going to want me around. And it's like, no, dude, I've always had you on this path. You just had to take a detour because you're a knucklehead. And now let's use everything you've had to go on this other course. And I was like, man, this this amazes me. Every time I look back, I'm like, this is just awesome, man, that you get a new lease on life and and you, and you just have to make the right choices. And you know, I've had some great support and there's no, it's nothing, it's not me or anything I've done. It's just um, kind of trying to learn from other people's mistakes and lessons and and pouring into that. And I think if, if, if I can do it, I know for sure anyone else can do it because I'm not a real bright dude. <laughs> I, you know what? I think you can give yourself a little more credit than that. <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, you've, you've navigated some pretty intense situations in life. Yeah. Um, and I think that uh, we don't realize that one of the things that kept going through my head as you were explaining yeah. that was that wouldn't it be cool if we had a chance to start that way? Mm, yeah. Like if we were uninhibited and allowed to just love from day one and allowed to be that human from day one. Yeah. That's why we have to remember that we're creating the reality for each generation to come. Yes. We're foundationally changing their transition between that imaginary consciousness to reality. Mm. We all don't know when it happened, but it's going to happen. Yeah. It's a transition that's there, whether it's a slap or a walk across the street with an old lady. One or the other, it's going to happen. Yeah. And I think that that defines a lot of the things that happen when you hit the ground running. Yeah, Because your fears and instincts are shaped around what hurt you early on yes. and you will do anything in your power to get by to get away from to stave off if it's bullying you'll try to come up with ways to not be bullied what is the attribute i need to hide or what is the attribute that i need to bring some kind of attention to to cover up the other yeah. what is it that is on my mask everybody wears a mask yes. that's why it's on the logo 
Problem is, is we have fucking like a thousand of them and we're in a sack over our shoulder. I got my interview mask. I got my religion mask. I got my talking to mom mask. I got my fucking party mask. I got my, but you have to remember every single one of those damn things. You got to remember the connections. You got to remember how you left them. You got to remember how you acted. What you said, was it a good one? Did you do something that you shouldn't have? All these things. But you know what's eliminated when you act authentically all the time as you were originally intended to be? There's no more masks. That's good. Yeah, that's good, man. All of that mental health shit that's tied into the numerous amounts of ego that we have that are tied to these individual interactions that we have throughout our life are simply weapons to keep us from feeling the pain that we were when we were a kid. 100%. When we shed that mask, if you fucking hit the ground and crack your mask, or you can figure it out because you meditated, yeah. or you could, you know, come to the realization for whatever reason. But when you get that chance, then you get to take the mask off. Live the way you were intended to live. That's huge. And then you can tap. Yeah. Like, it's going to suck at times. Yeah. It's not like the world doesn't have earthquakes, right? right? Like, but we know it's going to happen, so we just get through it. Yeah, no, for sure, man. And that's huge. And and I think you said it, like, the main reason nobody wants to shed the mask is just fear. Just fear, man. Like, what are people going to think about me? Like, what, what what, the heck? But the more people that shed the mask, the more people that can go, oh, man, they shed their mask and they're... Oh, there's strength they're in numbers. Okay. There's strength yeah. in numbers. I love that, brother. That's huge. Strength and vulnerability, so much more. The more vulnerable you become, the stronger you become (laughs) because you're taking away that ability to be judged. I love that. That's huge, man. Once you got to like coach yourself in fucking judgment, Wesson or some shit. (laughs) No doubt. Yeah. That's exactly (laughs) it, man. I need some judgment, Crisco. Yeah, no (laughs) doubt. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, your your story is amazing you. and your redemption is amazing. And to see that you're giving back is what we um, we like to highlight here. I want to give you a chance to tell everybody where they can find you. Yeah. The um, It's GPS is the name yeah. of your organization, correct? It is. Yeah, we're GPS. Um, make GPS. sure that you let everybody know where they can find you, your book. Yeah. And um, we'll also put that in the show notes. Awesome, brother. I appreciate that, man. Yeah, as far as the um, baseball program where the GPS legends, just gpslegends.com. Just, yeah, again, just trying to kind of give back from all the good coaching I've had and all that good stuff. Um, And then as far as the book, man, it's going to be called From the Bullpen to the State Pen. And it uh, you can go to brandonpuffer.com, my website, and it'll it'll all be out there, man. We're trying to launch it real soon, but I did come up with that title, man. I swear to God, one of my friends said that to me yesterday. No way. Uninhibited, yeah. having the discussion exactly about this. Awesome. And said, hey, you can use that on the show. That's awesome. I had not seen that you were writing the book. There's no coincidences. That's pretty damn funny. I'm like, that's... That's awesome. (laughs) What a great name, too. It's very raw. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I would want to read it. Well, thank you, man. I appreciate that. We'll, we'll hopefully be launching it. Well, we will be launching it before Christmas. And then like I said, yeah, it'll just be brandonpuffer.com. Kind of takes you to all my social media and all that. And we'll obviously be 
blasting it all out there when when the time comes. But yeah, man, super excited about getting the story out there and, and just hoping to help just one person, man, really. That's all we need. That's it, man. It, one, one has the impact of millions. Yes. It's a ripple in a pond. Absolutely. You drop a rock in it, it keeps going, it keeps going. And if it diminishes in effect, just throw some more. Yes. Bigger rock. That's right, brother. <laughs> Have fun with it. Dude, there's something mesmerizing for men. It might be women too, I'm not sure. <laughs> about dropping large things things into water and watching it ripple away. Yeah, it's cool. I don't know why, but it might be the connection that we have to the effects that we can fucking have on people if we just throw some rocks. Shit, man. The ripple effect. That's awesome. Yeah, it is mesmerizing. I love doing that. Right? Yeah. All right, brother. Well, I appreciate you. Remember, everybody, be cool and keep learning. Absolutely. Thank you, Jack. What's up, academics? This episode is sponsored by PodPage. Build a beautiful podcast website in five minutes. Automatically create a beautiful listener-friendly podcast site from your RSS feed. So you can import your RSS feed into this site and it automatically generates everything for you. Puts in your artwork, puts in your show notes, puts in all those links, your guest info, everything right there. You get to customize the design to create a professional look that you'll be proud of in a few clicks. You don't have to have a coding background. You don't have to have technical knowledge. This is all plug and play. Choose the design you like, fit and tailored to your brand, the right colors, the right layout, so many different things to choose from. The templates are endless. So get out there, go to the tragedyacademy.com, click on the sponsors tab and help support the show by clicking the pod page link and purchasing your new site today. And remember academics, be cool and keep learning.